Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. Karen, you're going to do the show notes today? I will. Start us off. Okay. An evening with mediums event. Kelly and I sit in front of 30 people at the Hampton Inn three times a year for two hours. Our December event is sold out. We are now selling tickets for April, August, and December of 2018. And you can get those tickets at the website by sarlo.com. Did I do that wrong? 60. 60 people. Double what you said, but that's okay. Oh, then let's change it. I'll just cut it out. Okay. Do you go to the events? <laughs> Our second podcast show called Sips of Sanity is available only at our website by sarlo.com. And these are five 10 minute shows that pick one topic at the beginning of each month. And you and I attack a topic. And we go at it so that people can get a different type of education in a short, sweet, quick little way. Both you and I do personal sessions for people, we also do groups. People can make an appointment by going to the website to reach us at bysarlo.com um, and they can put a request in and then we'll send an email back looking to get some information to meet your personal needs. Gift certificates. Uh, we are excited to say we have brand new gift certificates. They can be purchased in any denomination and they can be purchased for any time of the year, but they're great right now for Christmas. Yeah, you're kind of someone's gift. Isn't that lovely? Yes. Oh, I think that's really sweet. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and what's coming up on our next podcast show? So Kelly and I have already decided that the following week is going to be about getting away from narcissists and how to survive that. That will be heavy. Yes. But I anticipate this one will be too. <laughs> this one's going to be great today. I'm really excited about it. I, yeah, sorry. I just mean a lot to process. Okay. But they all are. So uh, you brought up this topic. Mm-hmm. It's something that comes through in a lot of our personal sessions where people ask about soul contracts, generally speaking, asking about any of the modalities that we offer. But the biggest lessons that come through from each of the messages in all of the modalities is ultimately the universal laws. Yeah. And this is really fun because actually tomorrow I'm hosting a workshop on cliches, which really stem from a lot of the universal laws but they've been westernized mm. so they're completely misunderstood <laughs> is essentially what i'm saying right so this is a really great show to actually break down the truth of them and how they actually work in day-to-day -day lives oh okay so well, you've chosen a couple right i did but I really want to point out at the beginning of this podcast show that the universal, that there are just hundreds of universal laws. There are all kinds of them. But what I did was uh, resourced different um, books, different authors, all different types of places on the internet and like, and otherwise, I should say, to find out different information as to how people interpret the universal laws. Because we're all humans. We all have different interpretations. I wanted to find positive ones. I wanted to find ones that I felt rang true, that could be applied to people all over the world. To me, it's not a universal law if it applies to people with money. But it doesn't apply to people, um, say, in Africa without money. A universal law has to be applicable to everybody. So accessibility, yeah. because it is the universe. That's right. And 
some people, I'm just going to say some people in my life, meaning some clients, maybe friends, family, whatever, myself in the past, did things like read about one universal law, maybe the law of attraction, and think that that was the only one. So if one author came out and talked about one law, how do you imagine building a whole life based on one law? It's kind of like getting into your car and just knowing that you have to stop at red lights, but not knowing any other laws. That's actually a really great analogy. Yeah. Or going into, I don't know, I just think being a human being and just knowing that you're not supposed to, I don't know, it doesn't have to be a traffic light. It can be any type of thing. You have to go to school or whatever a certain law can be in society and just think that if you just know one you're going to be okay and you're going to get through it it just makes no sense but it's what a shit ton of North American people have done so quite often when people come in for treatments and say well you know I have vision boards you know uh, this law of attraction I want to know what's blocking me from getting the man I want I want to know what's getting blocking me from getting the retirement I want or the money I have the vision boards, I have the gratitude journal, I think I'm doing everything right. And it's and the first thing I say is, well, how are you using the other laws? I have yet to meet one single person who knew the other laws. They all knew the law of attraction, according to one author. Now, having said that, I know some people are going to listen to this and say not me. I've listened to Deepak Chopra, and I know the other spiritual laws. I know at least four or five, because there are certain teachers on this planet that decided to give us more tools um, than one. And, and this is why I wanted to do the shows. I thought these were important. So I grabbed a few just so that people can say, well, wait a minute, Karen and Kelly, name a couple. Well, like, what do you mean there's more than the law of attraction? So here are some flexibility. The universal law of flexibility, the universal law of choices, responsibility, balance, process, patterns, discipline, perfection, the present moment, no judgments, faith, expectations, honesty, higher will, intuition, action, cycles. So I'm just pausing for a moment, because if anybody's listening to just even those, and there are hundreds more, then maybe just for a moment, they might be having a light bulb moment of going, what the hell? This could be a pull over in your car or put down your coffee cup and go, what the heck? If you don't know these other laws, if you don't know how they're manifesting and playing out in your life, and you think the law of attraction is the law all by itself, then this will be a really eye-opening moment. It might even be a big, big deep breath of, oh my God, I, I need to research. I need to learn. I need to get a book. I need to listen to a show. I need to do something. Because you can't just believe that if you just think of something or visualize it enough, that you're going to get it. I think you made a very good point when you said, holy shit, I need to do something. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest piece that I educate on is, well, where was the action? Well, I visualized. That, that's not an action. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, and action is one of the universal laws, as you just heard, the second last one that I mentioned. So like you said, some people think if you just visualize the check in the mail or whatever, that it's just going to arrive. This is disillusionment. It sounds like narcissism. Maybe we'll talk about it next show too. Well, it is narcissism, Kelly. It's the, the Having one universal law and focusing only on that is focusing on the narcissist in your society. And for me, it's absolute crazy making. And I've said to some clients, it's kind of like saying to somebody, I want you to build me a house and here's a hammer. What kind of house are you going to get if you have a hammer? You can do some things with a hammer, but if you don't have the nail and all of the other pieces of equipment and the knowledge and the action and the expertise to use them and the practice, you're not going to get much of a house with a hammer. Agreed. And so what I'm saying is you're not going to get much out of your life if you only know one law other than maybe a shit ton of disappointment and anger and frustration. And that's what I'm now seeing in a lot of clients as the time has kind of progressed that people have been trying to use this law of attracting. If I'm just positive and think just positive thoughts, well, that's a load of shit. You can't just think positive thoughts if you're in a concentration camp or if you're in a third world country or if you're in the middle of a war. Kidnapped. Oh, yeah. Or if you're just sitting in a North American home with an alcoholic parent or a narcissist for a, a partner, you can't just think positive thoughts and, and the law of attraction is going to change your partner. Oh, and this is really interesting. And this is probably going in a very different direction, but I'll, I will bring it back. That whole idea of I'll just think positive thoughts is the entire United States mind frame of how we're going to solve gun issues Oh, or death by gun. Okay. I will send prayers. <laughs> okay. And? Mm-hmm. I actually saw some uh, enlightened, quote unquote, leaders in the, U- in the U.S. since the Trump situation or era. We can call it a situation. Sorry. I don't it know is a right. situation. Yeah. Okay. It's a state of emergency. Go right back to we need to pray over this again. And it's just like, really? And think positive thought and send positive energy to it. And it's like, no, people, you need to take action. You need to do a whole lot more than a vision board of maybe just trying to see a friendly or a smile on his face. It's going to require a shit ton more than that. But let's go. Can we get excited and get into the law of flexibility? That's the first one I picked. And I and I didn't pick them all in order of what I said other than that I actually did just for today. Okay, so we're not starting with the law of attraction? No, actually. Okay. Um, if you've noticed, it isn't even on my list. Okay, good enough. <laughs> um, and I will say that that is purposeful. Yeah, because I would imagine you can't... There's an order. There's an order to the universe, no matter how chaotic it looks like to us. And that law of attraction can't truthfully happen until the others happen Mm -hmm. the first thing I loved about the law of flexibility is that it doesn't mean that you have to be wishy-washy it doesn't mean that you don't have to know yourself and just go with the flow so a lot of people cliche yeah and I'm going to point that out okay I like it I'll tag team this go ahead okay 
So in that one, the first thing that I noticed is that whenever I tried to explain the law of flexibility to somebody, they looked at me like, well, I get that. I'm easygoing. Um, I, I don't have any boundaries. And it's like, no, 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 that's not the law of flexibility whatsoever. <laughs> that's the law of abuse. Yeah, that's that that has nothing. That's codependent issues. That's being raised in a certain system to say, don't know yourself so I can abuse you. Don't question. Right. Flexibility has to do with being educated. And then making choices, which comes into the second universal law of choices. But flexibility first means that you know yourself. Without truly deeply knowing yourself, you shouldn't be flexible. The first thing is know your own boundaries. And then you get to decide where you're flexible. Good. I, I like to uh, reading about the, that particular law that you're not supposed to just go with the flow so that you at your own expense. And a lot of people believe flexibility means at your own expense, especially at your own expense. And this is saying no. So in the law of flexibility, you are not allowed to be a people pleaser. This has to be authentic. This pushes you into your own integrity. This pushes you into where you set boundaries and where you can be flexible and where you know you shouldn't be. So there's self-respect in this one. And it ties into the law of honesty. This is what I like about these laws is that they all filter in from one to another. Well, yes, because that's what alignment is. And that's another cliche where people say, I want alignment with mm -hmm. what? If you're going with everyone's flow, what are you aligning yourself with? Oh, that's lovely. It just leads right into the next point, Kelly, about yeah. accepting something. So in order to truly accept something, one thing, meaning that you're accepting this truth, this with integrity, with honesty, that's when you finally accept it that you actually let go of the other stuff. Can you give an example? I accept that this man does not love me. He says it, but he doesn't show it. The actions are not in alignment. Therefore, I accept the truth. Allowing me to be flexible enough now to move out of this relationship allowing me to see other choices for myself. I have flexibility within myself instead of the rigidity that I have to stay in this no matter what. I have to fix it, meaning I have to fix him so he'll like me. Sounds like a lot of work. Well, but we buy into it. That's the romantic, oh, yeah. that's the romantic Hollywood shit, right? Which is in complete conflict with the universal laws. Is that a good example? Or are you good with that one? Yeah. Okay. What I like too about flexibility is that you have to be sitting in reality. You can't go into collusions. You can't buy into just the things you want to believe. Flexibility requires that you're in your own reality. And to be in your own reality goes back to knowing oneself. 
and accepting truly what somebody else is presenting to you. Not what you want to believe, but what the truth of it is. Because then you now your flexibility really comes from a place of honesty. You can sit in it. This is when people are truly grounded. And when they don't feel out of balance. Or when they don't they don't have to come in and say, I feel blocked. We are blocked when we don't get these things. Flexibility also means that you use every resource at your fingertips in your current moment and in your current situation authentically. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and I know you're getting to it. I think maybe this is a little premature of me. I think my favorite combination of universal laws is flexibility and choice. That's why I picked these two. All right, then that makes sense. We're one and the same person. As you were. I'll just keep nodding my head. Oh, I loved these two. When I went through and have been studying these for many, many years, it's always such an exciting thing to take a law and reread it again and again and figure out how you're living it. It's actually exciting. It gives you energy. It doesn't tire you. People think, oh my God, I'm so exhausted listening to all of this. Oh, no, no, no. When you actually live in these laws, you actually have incredible amounts of energy. I think you can correct me if I'm wrong or if, if you can word it in a better way. If you're exhausted listening to this, you're in a state of resistance. Mm-hmm. Because once you've moved past resistance, there's, there's a drive, there's a momentum, there is a desire that rises from all of that suppressed uh, anxiousness and anger. Yeah. Depression. Yes. Frustration. I, yeah, and this is something I do with coaching clients all the time is as we work through different core desired feelings, it touches on a lot of these, uh, mm-hmm. the universal laws. Because we have to help ourselves in knowing how to do the things that are going to contribute to those feelings. And the universal laws are so closely tied into that. Mm -hmm. So what I always do with them, what what I'm trying to get to is that I ask them to change their language. When they figure out what actions contribute to whatever it is they want to feel, which is ultimately everything that this is talking about. Don't say, oh, I need to get this done today. Oh, this is my chore list. It's okay. This is exciting. This is what this is going to contribute to this feeling. This is going to contribute to this outcome that I'm hoping for, whether it's short term or long term. There has to be an energy in which you speak about these things, these laws or these actions or these feelings that creates the momentum or keeps the momentum going. Oh, Kelly, one of my favorite expressions is good to know. Yeah, it it, it twisted everything from you know, if somebody, you know, say you're in an awful situation and there's pain, there's physical pain um, or and or emotional pain. Someone says, I don't love you. I don't want to be with you. Good to know. You just freed me up from years of being abused by you. Good to know. Good to know that I'm not sitting here wasting my energy with you. Cycling in my own shit, thinking you're going to change for me someday you know what mine is to know noted oh yeah that is a very special word to me Mm -hmm. noted because it doesn't hand over power it's it's a very powerful statement and as well I think equally good to know 
I want to bring up one more thing too for the people that are listening about flexibility who might be in a lot of physical pain or in situations where they feel there is no flexibility. And um, I, I really like in my own life how I've been able to have my own physical pain, how I've been able to be in relationships or in jobs that were not places I wanted to be. And in learning what the law of flexibility taught me during these times was how I wanted to feel in them, what I wanted to get out of them, what I wanted to learn, what boundaries I needed to set. Each of these moments, physical pain, emotional pain, whatever it was, financial, all of these different things, it was my perspective and what I wanted to learn from them. It was how I wanted to be, how I wanted to feel, how I wanted to treat other people, how I wanted to feel or treat myself or my own self-talk. So with the law of flexibility, you have to have tools. And as you keep growing and changing those tools, you get to see that being flexible becomes a strength, not a weakness, because you gain tools. Well, this is yoga. Oh, I this like is, that. This is Buddhism. Oh. Right? <laughs> and this is why, yeah, I, I love the Eastern, the Eastern culture. Um, there is so much more enlightenment because they never strayed from those things. Mm-hmm. Right? We westernized yoga. We westernized all of these concepts. And you're saying alignment. You're saying strength mm-hmm. and flexibility are yeah. the same thing. You go into a yoga class with Amanda, you're doing both at the same time. Yeah. It isn't a flow where your muscles don't know what's expected of them and what they're supposed to do. There's an intention to gain strength in order to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just overstretching, over overcompensating, over everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other point I wanted to make for people today too about the law of flexibility is that um, you adapt and that you learn to compromise when it's appropriate and you choose not to be flexible when it is inappropriate, when it crosses your boundaries, when it makes you uncomfortable in an unhealthy way. You can be uncomfortable in a healthy way and it's okay that's good adaptability that's good flexibility and this is something we want in every relationship in our life because we have to be flexible with our children with our friends at work with strangers in every single aspect but we have to know when it's important not to be as well One of the things that I challenged myself to do, and this is very similar to your good to know comment, is to develop a language for when I've learned something of my own self. So your examples of good to know was sort of when other people were presenting you with information, right? Okay, sure. When I discover where I made my mistake, where I maybe let myself down, where I crossed my own boundary, Mm. yeah, I could use noted. But I chose to do something a little bit more lighthearted and I change it up. And I know you do this too, because I've, I've watched you and listened to you, but it will be things like, oh, yep, that makes more sense, Mm. you know? And so (laughs) there's just, there's a lightness in the way Mm -hmm. that I choose to speak, even in the cadence Mm -hmm. of it, right? There's Mm -hmm. more of a euphony. Mm -hmm. I use, oh, I like that. Like, that's one of mine. Oh, are we just going back and forth or did I interrupt you? Yep. No, and that's fun. 
Okay. I was just trying to think of some of the things, self-talk in being flexible, that's positive. Mm -hmm. Instead of the self-talk of, oh, Jesus, I have to do this. Oh, it's going to be more work. Oh, it's that, like yeah, all the point. Yeah. And, and I like to add humor. I think about some of my favorite comedians, and I don't even mean stand-up, just actors who are so good at delivery. When they can make certain comments or facial expression, expressions that just allow you to know that they're not taking themselves too seriously, that gives me hope that I don't have to stay stuck or ruminate, that I can take the information and move forward. And that's being flexible. It's, as you're saying, Kelly, it's always assessing currently, moment by moment, how things are changing. Yeah. So the law of adaptability is so important, as we're talking about here, in the law of flexibility. Taking in new information, always at the same, in the current moment. It could even be in a conversation where all of a sudden, and this is self, cell phones have taught me this one, about flexibility. You and Andrew might be sitting in the living room and we're all talking, and you guys are on your phones, and all of a sudden you're more engaged in and your your moods change because of something you just read on your phone. Yep. And all of a sudden, instead of that we're having we're going to do something else for the rest of the evening, it's like all of a sudden the whole mood changed and now nothing's going to happen that evening. Yep. And so I've really learned to be flexible in that. If it's important to me and I've asked you guys to do something and I need it to be done. I have to still communicate and say, is this still going to be doable? Do I need to ask somebody else for help if you're not going to be able to do it? If it's not important at all, if it truly is something I can be flexible in, and I see you guys have shifted on a dime because of something you've read on your phones, then I'm flexible to know that the mood has changed and that my whole the rest of my evening might change. So then I might think, oh, okay, instead of spending two more hours with them, they're going to go home in five minutes, something changed, and I'm going to get to go to the gym. I'm going to get to go for my walk. I'm going to get to do something. That's flexibility. Yeah, and I think you can't understand flexibility without choice. Because even in that, you're making a conscious decision and evaluating what your other options are. Yes, because I'm not holding to you guys said you were going to do this and now I'm mad and I'm angry and I feel hurt and I'm going to confront and I might push or shame or guilt you guys into it. I choose not to do any of those behaviors and I choose to go ahead and respect where you're at and then make my choices based on the current moment and what I want to feel for the rest of my evening. Okay, and I'm trying to break up for people who are listening for the first time that these are two separate things. Yes. Because you could sit there just in the in the law of flexibility and say, okay, my night has freed up. I now no longer have the plans I had. Right. And that's the end. That's where immediately, because you're practicing it so often, choice comes in yeah. one law after the other for you to go, okay, Yes. What else would I like to do with my time? Not now what? Not, okay, they ruin my night. Or make them, through shame and guilt, continue under the night you wanted. Right. And those can also be two separate things. You could easily not shame, not guilt, but just sit and ruminate over the fact that your plans didn't happen. Right? Again, picking out two or three things that you might like to try for yourself and then deciding, okay, these are the things I want to feel tonight. This is, this is my flow. Yes. 
And that's why these two laws I put together in one podcast, because I knew as we talked about flexibility, we were going to be moving into choice, the law of choices automatically. Good. Okay. So law of choices, can we just sort of another word I kind of threw out with this was the how we respond, which is what we're talking about. That once we want to become more flexible, I think of so many people as we age, where sometimes we excuse people, we create lies for them, we enable them by just saying, oh, that's the way they are. Instead of using the universal laws and saying, no, that's not okay. I say grow up. (laughs) Oh, I like it. So one of the things I wrote down about the law of choices is that with it, we grow. Oh, perfect. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. Yeah. Coincided very nice. I know. I looked down at my notes and went, well, this is going to be really cool. Or the refusal to grow. And that in the law of choices, we often have the choice to expand ourselves or the choice to retract ourselves and make ourselves smaller. Which is interesting because I think subconsciously when people come in and ask what's blocking me, and one of the first things we usually talk about is their inability to take a deep breath exactly what you just talked about is why they can't or don't feel that they can get a deep breath. Can you repeat it? That in the law of choice, you have the choice to grow or the choice to retract. In the choice to grow, you can change, you expand yourself. You're talking about expanding and breathing. That's the part. So when you physically, for anyone with anatomy training, you think about the way the lungs have to swing in the body in order to actually get a full deep breath and then contract again. You can't hit that expansion. You can't get the deep breath if you are not practicing these laws. Mm, there I like is, that. Yeah, there is no expansion. Mm-hmm. And, and you're bringing it right down to the breath again, which comes into yoga, but which comes into every single aspect of our lives. If somebody yeah. doesn't believe in the law of choice, they think it's bullshit or something, then... That again is just their brick wall belief. And this is where I want to go in this conversation too, is that people then say there are no choices because they're bullying. This is the narcissism. Mm -hmm. Or this is the people pleasers on the reverse side of it. Is it weird that I don't even want to do next week's show? (laughs) (laughs) I will and I'm I'm sure we'll thoroughly enjoy it. I just... uh... But in the law of choices, this is something that people pleasers don't get. They remove their own ability to make their own choices for themselves in their own life and they give their power over to their partner. They give their power to the boss. They give their power to another person. But that is still in itself their choice. Okay, that's fair. I was going to argue that because you said this is the part that people pleasers don't get. I'd argue that they don't get any of it mm-hmm. because if they believe that the universal laws, and this is what they're illustrating, only applies to other people, then they ultimately don't understand the universal laws. Yeah. That's why I think these are so important. And it's, that is not a sweet person. No. No. The, like the people pleasers the, that victimize others and victimize themselves don't use the law of choice. I will say it again. They give their right in their life 
to make their choices for themselves to another person. But I really want to point out this, that many of them are trained that way from their parents, right from the time they're born. Yeah. So I'm not trying to shame them. Oh, no. I'm trying to educate them to say, if you are anywhere near being a teenager or a young adult or a grown adult, listening to this show might now enable you to go, oh, my God, light bulb moment. I don't have to people please others. I was trained to, but when I grow myself up, I don't have to believe that anymore. I was trained that way so that this parent, this partner, this boss, these siblings could control me. But when I grow myself up, I can believe in the universal laws. I do have choices. And to enable myself to get better, I have to recognize I'm the one with the choices. That is what being a grown up is. That's adulting. I like it. Okay. It's important to to note here that some people have more opportunities to make their own choices than others. And like I said, this is a universal law. So if you live with enough money, you have more choices than the person who doesn't. Yes. And we really need to be fair here. Because if you're also a child of a certain age, your parents have more choices than you do. Yes. If you are a teacher or a principal or someone in authority and you bully your students in your schools, then you are taking their choices away from them because they are in your institution. Yes. However, if you are an adult and you are in a job where you are being bullied, you may, depending on where you live in this world, have the choice to get out, have the choice to leave, have the choice to go on social media or go door to door and find a different job. Staying in an abusive situation at that point is still your choice. Even though you might think, nope, I have to pay the bills, my family depends on me. Yeah, that might all be true. But you still have the choice to change the job find the resources. That's right. Now I realize in some countries and in some situations, people have that choice taken away. Yes. So we have to be in each person's reality in order to know which of these choices apply to people and which ones are taken away. But one of the things I really wanted to talk about, Kelly, is your own choice to think for yourself versus when we let parents at a certain age, we're going to assume again as an adult, or in marriages, or partnerships, however you want to call that when you live with another person, that you, if you allow another person to take your right and your ability to think for yourself away from you, Mm -hmm. you still have the choice to leave that person. You still have the choice to think for yourself. And most of all, you must remain conscious of the choice to feel for yourself. I assume that we'll be repeating this next week. I believe so. That's good. Yeah. yeah because some, you need to hear it so many times before you really can leave. Yeah, because some people even want to take, take the way we feel about something away from us. 
they take our choice to feel about a roller coaster ride. Yeah. I loved it. No, you didn't. It was scary and it was this and it's not safe and you shouldn't be doing it. They take, they want to take our own ability to have a choice about how we feel about it away from us. Mm -hmm. That's when you have to look at that person and go, you're nuts. You're crazy. Or you're mean. Yes, you're abusive. I'm setting a boundary here. That's where it's important. I think so, so important about the law of choices when it comes to when people want to control what we feel. Yeah. Or how we perceive our own realities. So if I say it's cold out and somebody says, no, it's not. It's nice out. They're trying to control my reality. I have a choice to feel the way I feel about the weather. No one has the right to take my choice about that away from me, including my husband or wife. Mm -hmm. This comes down to our intuitiveness and our own choice to follow our own intuition. Or whether we shut it down and we listen to what other people think and believe. Our intuition is what teaches us what's safe for us and what isn't safe. It allows us to know whether we're on our path in life or not on our path. If we're in the right relationships or not, in the right career or not. It allows us to know whether we're thriving or whether we're becoming depressed. Our intuition tells us if our bodies are healthy or unhealthy. And we have to make sure that we make the choices to keep our intuition alive and well. And if somebody in your life is trying to take that away from you and not give you the choice to use or to follow your own intuition, they are basically trying to kill a very fundamental and healthy part of your existence as a human. And that's not love. That's not professional. However, whatever the dynamic of the relationship is for the person who's doing this, it's inappropriate. Inappropriate? That's a good word. Yeah, because this could be a boss. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't let you think for yourself and takes away your choices. And it's, it's important to know that that crosses a boundary of professionalism. This isn't just about parenting. This isn't just about being partner. So this kind of leaps into and connects us to the law of responsibility. Because when we make our own choices, it creates within us a sense of responsibility to our own existence. And when we do that on a regular basis, we feel powerful. When we avoid taking responsibility for our own choices then we feel disempowered. Again, leading to confused. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm lost. I'm struggling. I don't know which direction to make decisions because we haven't followed our own intuitiveness. We haven't valued the choices that life gives us. But also with it, the responsibility that comes with making a choice. So you can see sometimes in partnerships where we let one person make all of the choices and all the responsibility. 
we say, oh, you know, we'll let that, you know, my husband, you know, he takes care of all of that. We give him the right to make all of the choices. Because I don't want responsibility. That's right. So in giving away responsibility, I also have to give away my choices. And my power. Yuck. And then if you give all of that to your partner, how in God's name are they supposed to find you sexy? That was my thought. How are they supposed to be turned on by you? No wonder they're looking at other people who might be making their own choices, taking responsibility for their own lives, and are empowered people because yeah. that's their equal. And I, I well, love... wait, that's their equal. I wanted to well, make I wouldn't that call that. I wouldn't assume that. I see what you're saying. But if you're in that relationship, allowing your partner to give away their responsibility, allowing them to give away their choice, allowing them to give away all of those different things, then you're in a position of power that you have now abused. Yes. You can't then turn around and look at another and say, I'm your equal. If they're, if this other third person is authentically utilizing all of these laws. That's fair. I understand that. And I do understand where you, where you were going with it. Yeah, I'm saying it's attractive. Hell yeah, and I think this is why a lot of people can't explain why they have affairs. But that's that's all the point I was trying to make is just that it's attractive. I'm not saying they're actually equal to that person, but it's an equal attraction. Okay, I accept. <laughs> but I like your point too, Kelly. I like what you're saying because they're not really their equals. It appears that way to them. And And I want to make that point because you don't get to justify the affair that way very good by believing that you deserved better when you willingly abused beautiful points the attraction is understandable i don't think anyone will deny that part well it brings us to when we make our own choices we're building up our life when we're not making our own choices we're destroying our own lives and I think that must be very difficult for a partner to see in somebody else. Absolutely, especially if you have children, because not only are you destroying yours and consequently your partners, because how do they partner you in it? Mm -hmm. You're also conditioning your children to believe in the same version of these laws, and I want to word it that way, that you do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if you have one person who relinquishes control by not making choices and decisions and accepting responsibility, the children watch that and think that that's called love. That that's that's a total messed up reference system yeah. for love. And then also the roles. That's what a mom does. That's what a dad does. This is what a boss is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I like reading this point in particular Kelly because it rang true for me this next one when I wasn't making my own choices in my own life I felt lost confused mm -hmm. okay disoriented wasn't sure where to go with different dis oh every decision apathetic yep I felt stuck I wasn't taking any action did you feel fat yep I felt overweight I want to point that out because a lot you of did. people who are will feel more than they actually are. And a lot of people who are not overweight will feel it mm. because we physically feel a heaviness we can't describe. Oh, I like what you say. And we, if we're, and I, and I mean this politely, if we're not 
in tune with this feeling, and if we are not intelligent enough to know what it is, our closest um, reference point for heaviness is weight. Mm-hmm. And so we assume it of our body, mm-hmm. not of our spirit. Well, I can think of days where if I feel like control has been taken away from me, and I mean, I've had some recently in marketing situations, police situations, mm-hmm. where I didn't feel I had cho- choices because they took my choices away from me. I felt disempowered. Um, I felt heavier. I felt sluggish. I wanted to sleep more. I thought it was the weather. But then as soon as all of a sudden the conversation started to change and I was presented with my choices or I started seeing my own, like if I can't, I can't see one coming for me because they've taken it away from me, then I can still choose how I want to feel about it. I can still choose how much time I want to think about it. Then I noticed that I was, that I felt more, I want to say stronger in my body and more energetic more pet well you know me more peppy peppy's perfect and your ponytail never lost its perk <laughs> just so you're I aware remember you saying that even though it was a difficult time okay anyway i know i like to talk about your ponytail a lot i imagine you're probably a horse in a past life too huh? well just you have the perfect like little like back tail you know that's what the ponytail looks like okay karen karen barnes will back me up <laughs> we'll talk okay um Another point too, Kelly, is that we have to know that we have choices in our familial situations, that we don't have to stay stuck in what society has told us is a family unit. So are we bouncing back to choice now? Yeah. Okay. We're we're still in choices. I still want to be talking about... Oh, I went elsewhere. Okay. We went to responsibility though. But then... Okay. Gotcha. We're back. So in choices... We, we have to know as we grow up an adult that we don't have to take what our family says is a family unit or that we have to say that this is how mom behaves, suck it up. Dad always drinks at Christmas, just go over and get through it or whatever. And I'm bringing this up because Christmas is coming in a month. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people just sighed. One of the best questions that I've ever been asked was by one of one of my successful therapists. She asked me, when did you decide this? Mm. And I've brought this up before, but I'm bringing it up again for a reason, because you're talking about belief systems that people buy into because we're conditioned into them. We don't question them. It's a rule. It's what we, it's how we assume things function. And so if you can break down a single belief, the question becomes, when did I, when did I decide that this was true? And do I have a choice to see it differently? And how many choices do I have? So these are emotionally intelligent questions to add to your list. For anybody that wants to add to their emotional or EQ list of questions in their life. I like what you've said. When did I decide that I want to believe this? And do I want to continue to believe it? Do I want to see that I have other choices around how I see Christmas? how I see a family unit, what I choose to do and sh- and sh- be part of or not choose to be part of. And this, is, I kind of want to tie in what you're saying because it's just rewording it and I'm acknowledging that you have said it, is when you ask the question, when did I, when did I decide this, you followed up with, and do I want to continue believing this? When people walk in and say, what's blocking me? 
That question then becomes, after you've done these two, what do I stand to lose by letting go of this belief? Great question. Because if we can't figure out what the block is, we're holding on to a belief system because on some level it's serving a purpose, whether it's mm. fundamental survival or our idea of how to survive mm-hmm. or, or a high value, something on our value list that sits pretty high at the top. Uh, and I'm going to throw some out. It could be money. Absolutely. Some people stay in the family unit for the inheritance. Status. Okay. I cut you off. I apologize. No, that's okay. Uh, Money was a big one. I I, kind of wanted to go into that just a tiny bit because some people will stick around and say that, you know, they're part of the family or they're still going to family functions for other reasons when underneath it all, they don't want to be cut out of a will. Mm-hmm. or they just think it's too hard to do the fight. I don't have the energy. But in fact, they're giving it a tremendous amount of energy. Mm-hmm. Some people make the choice to stay in the family unit to be the victim. They stay in it because it feeds the anger and that they're addicted to their anger. Or the attention. Hmm. Or the stress. I've asked tons of coaching clients, are you addicted to stress? Are you addicted to your, to your story and that you need to say the same story year after year? Maybe you and your spouse hold your marriage together or a partnership together of sorts based on the complaining and the drama and thinking that if we're not as bad as this couple or our parents, then we're in a better position. But again, it comes back to your choice on how you're going to see all of that. And when you ask yourself the question, what do I stand to lose? Follow it up again by the law of choice. Yes, I am going to suffer a loss. Yes, I have the opportunity to grieve. I will give myself that process, which I also know is another law. But I still have to figure out my choices beyond what I'm about to lose or risk losing. Mm-hmm. On a different kind of note, within the law of choice is the choice to be able to be creative. And make sure, I think, this is just personal now, that we really have to guard this one well. Because it's a fundamental thing that we are given as human beings and in our species is our ability to be creative. Mm-hmm. And that comes in our actions and in our words. And that we really have to guard our own choice, how we express our creativity. So that if someone comes along and says that's stupid or that's dumb or that's this or it's that, that we have to push back. With a creative response. Yes. We have to, we really do have to push that back. And make sure that our our choice to be creative is something that we really fight for. The next one, if I can kind of, is that good? We'll wrap it up soon, is our choice to express our own emotions. So that somebody doesn't come along and say, when we say we're sad or that makes me angry, you did that to me. And they say, oh, that's stupid. Or, oh my God, and roll the eyes at us. 
it's very important that we keep our choice to be able to express ourselves in healthy ways. And I want to say in healthy ways, because some people express themselves through meanness. Mm -hmm. That's not appropriate. That's not mature. That's not adulting. That's childish behavior. And it's unacceptable. Get out of that. But if you're expressing yourself in a positive way or a healthy way, meaning I don't like what you've said to me, it makes me angry. It makes me feel like I want to rip your eyes out. Expressing it in a that way is okay. Ripping their eyes out is not. Screaming that same sentence is, is not. not. Saying it with malice or saying it offensively is not. Being well articulated and calm while saying it and explaining it is okay. Yeah, there's a fine line. Absolutely. Between everything. Absolutely. And that's why I said it's about choice. Because you always have your own choice to lose your own cool. You have a choice to be mean. You have a choice to be kind. You have a choice to be inarticulate and confusing and gaslighting and narcissistic. And you have a choice to be clear and concise and kind and compassionate. And if you want, you also have the choice to put people in your life that give you the same either negativity or the positive side. That too is a choice. It's good. I like it. Yeah, me too. It, these are all things I'm living and learning. These, yeah. these are things you don't just get to preach and, and just talk no. the talk. You actually have to walk this. You really have to, in every single moment, decide and see your own choices. It's practice to mm -hmm. see choices. Yeah, and it's interesting because I know you talked about the exhaustion that people feel when they hear all of this, but it's. I also understand that those people feel fear. And there's a whole lot less feeling of fear when you're walking your, you're walking your talk. That's great. Everything's just consistent. And you know, when you trip, you're going to go, oh, okay, right. Yeah, that that was where the stuff was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited, Kelly, about these podcast shows on the universal laws. Yeah, I'm surprised they're not in Sips of Sanity. But now that it's taken an hour, I'm understanding. Yeah, you had mentioned Sips of Sanity for these. And I thought, I don't know how it's okay. we would take each one of these or three of them and jam them into a 15 minute show. No, because you know what? I'm sure we could spend an entire year doing one per episode of Sips of Sanity. But they're so you can't compartmentalize them. And that's good. Be oh, yeah. Because Excellent. they do have to be symbiotic. They really do have to flow into each other. And I hope that as people listen to the shows in particular on the universal laws, that they really are going to see their own lives change. Yeah, that's the intention with all of the shows. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, um, thank you. I know you prepped. I know you did a lot of, of um, ser uh, researching so that we could deliver this well. So I appreciate that. Um, You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And Kelly, you know what? I want people to hear there's a lot of research like over internet, books, authors over decades for me. 
This isn't sitting down in one evening, finding one author and whipping through something. And, but where's a good place to start? The, with the universal laws? Mm-hmm. I think you should find wonderful authors. Okay. And can you give some examples? Just oh, so, and I, I know which ones you went to, but... Yeah. Well, I mentioned Deepak Chopra because he does spiritual laws and he does them beautifully and positively and with kindness, gentleness, authenticity. Dan Millman. Yeah. And another author who wrote The Life You Were Born to Live, but he's written loads of other books. He's also on, on um, I think on YouTube, but I'm not positive. I didn't find him there. I've been a, a wonderful follower of Dan Millman's books, The Peaceful Warrior, mm-hmm. um, the movie. He He's just a very compassionate, um, I want to say positive person. And I always want to find my resources through kindness. If I research something and I see it being fear-based or n- 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 all teachings and negativity, I stay away from it. Because I really believe the universal laws, if you if you really read them and live them, always bring you to finding positive solutions. They're very productive mm-hmm. instead of destructive. And that's why I think there's such a key fundamental thing to learn more about. Good. They're problem solving tools. These are emotionally intelligent tools for your kit. Okay. I know we're always talking about the toolkit. It's a big thing. Okay, so if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at bysarlo.com. Like we have alluded to a few times in this show, we will be back next Saturday, obviously, to discuss getting away from or walking away from narcissists. Enjoy your weekend.